0: This is BetMGM MGM Tonight. Tonight. Uh, Join us for live sweats. Uh! Yes! 875. That was a big balls three. Three you minutes ago. Well Instant reaction.
1: This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece.
0: And maybe a few regrettable decisions.
1: Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Goody
2: can sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5'340 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you
1: shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep.
0: Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew.
1: I hate to say it, but uh, all three of us have some sort of bet on the Wizards, or at least that Wizards game tonight. We got Victor Wembanyama Yama making his debut in Madison Square Garden, which is always a thing, even though the Knicks haven't been relevant in the Garden in what feels like 100 years, guys. Trista Crick, Ryan Horvat, Nick Ashu, We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on the Odyssey app. The NBA is back. Uh, we got some action tonight if you're into that kind of thing. Also some NHL if you're Scott Lynn. Uh, and then we got Thursday Night Football tomorrow, guys. Here we go. Like, you know, it's, last night was a little slow, a little quiet, but sometimes enough you kind of need those a little bit. You need the little the reset every once in a while.
3: You get excited again when the NBA comes back. You're like, oh, my God, there's 10 games.
1: Yeah, I had like 14 bets
2: yesterday, so it wasn't slow for the kid. <laughs> I went, uh, but you have a you,
1: you also bet like good 10 though. women's basketball games that your uncle gave you and oh. was very good, by the way. He oh. was right, and you didn't share All today. All no, teams I do. are
3: playing right now? Every single team in the NBA yeah, plays.
4: Yeah,
1: everybody. Like, so let's get our props out really
2: quick. Um, All right. th- we don't need to spend too much time on this. I like the under in Akron and Miami, Ohio. It's 37 and a half now. It's actually minus 115 to the over. Um, it opened at 40, so it's really came down, but I still like the under. We don't really need to break that one down. And then in women's college basketball, the Ryan Horvat, do you want to ride special? UConn women tonight. 36-point favorites. Now 36-and-a-half at home against Dayton. Um, my guy says they're going to win this game by 50. My, <laughs> guy, guy? my guy is on a 13-and-1 run uh, right now. So am just going to keep riding it, and we'll see. That one's tipping off right now if you want
1: to ride, though.
3: Tipping on foes, Tipping on
1: foes. right, I got three props in the Wizards game. Actually... Three plus a. I got a. It's actually a four game. It's a. It's a four leg parlay. Love it. But I do have the Wizards. Some separate ones in this as well. Jordan Poole on the over on his um his points because well nobody plays defense. It's Hornets and Wizards. My God, nobody's That's gonna true. do anything. Uh, Daniel Gafford eight plus rebounds. What's his points? Uh, 21 and a half for Jordan okay. Poole. Yeah. And then uh, the last one on that. I put these together and then I bet them separately because, well, that's that's just what I do. P.J. Washington, uh, twenty plus points, plus a Chris stapps Porzingis just making one three. That's plus eight forty five.
3: Ooh, I love that. So
1: that's and again, a couple of those separate. I did the pool separately and the Gafford separately too. Actually, no, sorry, it was the P.J. Washington that was separate. So, uh, yeah, nobody plays defense for the Wizards or the Hornets. So like, anytime these teams play, take the over and just sit there and look at some of the guys. Even though Jordan Pool, little disappointing. I thought he'd get uh, get more buckets this year. Not getting the buckets yeah, that I was hoping he, for. He
3: hasn't been as much of uh, he's a Bucky, he's a Bucky, he's a bucket. Mm-hmm. But listen, his his legacy is complete, guys. He's already gotten his <laughs> ring. Stop <laughs> he's it. He's only 25, 24, 25 years old. and I mean, it's true He's though, pretty much ready to chill. So he's going to go to Barcode and Rose Bar and all these other spots. and get the, get the baddies. Uh, Damn,
1: you threw out a name I haven't heard in a while. I, I know, used to love some, Barcode. That was back in the Dizzy. I like know that
3: shows how old we are.
1: Decade ago, yeah. I might go tonight. No, you won't.
3: I think it's closed. Hornets Parlay yeah, for anymore. me, I think uh, LaMelo goes crazy he had 30 last game. He's been in a bit of a slump, but like you said, Nick, the Wizards aren't playing any defense. They're dead last in terms of defensive rating. I, I think LaMelo gets 25 points. I like LaMelo to have 8 assists, and I like the Hornets to cover the 2.5 number. The only team that the Wizards have not been blown out by was the game that they won against the Memphis Grizzlies, and let's be real, I think the Memphis Grizzlies might be the worst roster in the NBA without John Morant, Steven Adams, and Brandon Clark. So All of those together play t- plus 270. Uh, that's what I have in the Wizards-Hornets game. If we want to talk about other games, we can go down the line. We could do that, too. Yeah, you yeah. might as
2: well... Let's just get our picks out. Yeah. Let's just, Throw it let's all just out. Bang, bang. So much. I mean, there's so much.
1: About... Unload it, guys. Right, Unload cool. it.
3: So, Joel Embiid, I don't know who's going to stop him uh, for the Celtics. Rob Williams is not walking through that door. Chris Taps Porzingis, I think, is going to get absolutely embarrassed down there. Embiid averaging... Over 30 points per game, so for him to get 29 and a half, over 29 and a half, so 30 or more. And Tatum, who's averaging actually 31 and change, uh, for him to get 30 or more is plus 230. If you put that Hornets parlay with the Sixers parlay, that's actually plus uh, 1,200. And I actually sprinkled that quickly with a Kelly Oubre 20 points or more prop. And I know he's he's an up and down guy, right? He had three points last game against, I think, Washington. But when they play teams of note, Kelly Oubre has gotten up. He's had more than two, 20 points in three of the teams that have been legit, like guys that you actually teams that you actually want to compete against. Uh, so I think you can add that one in. That actually makes it 36 to one. Just adding Kelly Oubre 20 points or more to that little parlay, which I think is very gettable, 36 to
2: one. I like that. I like that a lot. I got a couple. Um, of course, I have to bet the Wizards tonight just because if they do finally win a game, and I've been on them the last three. Uh, I'm going to feel pretty bad about it. No, I'm just kidding. A couple that I really like, though, a couple player props. So Drew Holiday over four and a half. So you did not take the Wizards? No, I didn't take
3: the
5: Wizards. Good. Good. Okay, good.
2: You know, because of the intro. Bet on the Wizards. And I've actually bet them three times this season. 0-3 for me. So I'm going to stay away from the Wizards. Wow, maybe you're finally learning your lesson. I don't know. But a couple (laughs) that I did bet. um, I do like the Rockets a little bit against the Lakers. Anthony Davis is going to be a game-time decision. The Rockets have been competitive. They've been in these games. I bet this last night at 4.5, it's come down a little bit. Um, I can't believe how competitive they are year one for uh, Udoka. So I do like them a little bit. If Anthony Davis plays, I'll probably feel a little bit worse about it. But the number's at 3.5. I like uh, Drew Holiday over four and a half rebounds. He's averaging seven boards per game this season for Boston. So I wanted something in that Philly game.
3: That's a great bet.
2: I'm going to go with Drew Holiday over over uh, four and a half rebounds. I was looking at the rebounds and assists combined. Just going to go with the boards. Hopefully that cashes by the first half. Uh, I'm going to go Wemby under 19 and a half points. Like you said, first game in the garden. Yeah. Yeah. I could see him blocking four shots. I could see him with eight, nine rebounds in this game. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna fade him though with the points. I'm gonna go under 19 and a half. It's actually 18 and a half right now over at BetMGM, I believe. But uh shop around. I think he could get the best price. I want Valachunas rebounds. I saw it at eight and a half, now it's up to ten and a half. Uh so I'm staying away That's there. Huge. And I'm gonna go with uh, Kyrie Irving assists actually, six and a half against the Raptors tonight. Uh Mavericks four and a half point favorites. Kyrie's been facilitating a little bit more distributing a little bit more. And I like that fit. The Mavs are 6-1. and one. I told you guys to believe in the Mavs. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Luke is not missing the playoffs back-to-back seasons. He's a top-five player in this league. And Kyrie, he didn't go there to lose. People think he doesn't care about basketball. Oh, he does. And he cares about getting oh, no, seven didn't. dimes tonight. So Kyrie over on assists tonight, meaning he'll probably drop 50 and have three assists.
1: <laughs> of course. That's you always know, how it works. Uh, one more prop I want to throw out, too. mark in over three-and-a-half threes. He's gone over this number, and I hate saying this out loud because I know I'm going to ruin it now. I'm going to mush it. He's gone over that number. Every single game this year, except game one of the season. Wow. He's hit four or five every single game this year. So he has been one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. So Lori marking in over three-and-a-half threes, I say that. Now again, of course, guys, and I know I've probably mushed the entire thing. So here we go. I like seeing you in a lot of NBA props tonight. I'm thinking about one more, really quick. Oh, what what else? What else? Will you guys
2: join me? What do you think about the Bucks being 12-and-a-half-point favorites? I still think that we're pricing the Bucks. You know, I like, like the
3: Pistons in this spot. Me, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. I'm in on Detroit tonight, too. Detroit, super competitive, a team that we all like watching here. And right now, I'm not impressed with Milwaukee. The, the Milwaukee defensive defensively man, has
1: been, they've been rough.
2: It's a yeah. mess, man. My guy, Sparky, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on the Green and Going Growing podcast, freaking out. Uh, everybody in Milwaukee freaking out. They don't know what to do with themselves right now. I think the Bucs will be fine in the long run, though. But uh, I still like Boston a little bit better.
1: The Bucks have enough talent where you look and say, "Okay, like things will get together." But let's be honest with ourselves, and you know this very well. Dame Lillard doesn't make a team better defensively.
3: Does he make a team better?
6: Ooh,
1: whoa, whoa! whoa, whoa wait a second. Hold on. I mean, dropping a bomb here real quick. Does he make a team better? I would, I would think so. But Does he
3: make Milwaukee better? Now
1: I want to hear more. Do do tell.
3: I I mean, when you talk about a Milwaukee team that was number one in the East so many times and already won a ring with Drew Holiday, if Drew Holiday is the version that we're seeing from him from the Boston Celtics, then you have to wonder whether that was the right move. And I know you wanted to appease Giannis because Giannis was basically saying, it's now or never, maybe I won't extend, maybe I will extend. But you have to figure out a way. To make me feel confident that you're ready for me to, for us to compete and to get better. And I feel like sometimes you do things just to do them, not really knowing uh, how it's going to impact the team. And we knew it was going to be a good fit offensively. But let's be real Giannis is much better offensively when he's running the full length of the floor Mm -hmm. and you can do nothing to stop him because he's going downhill. Giannis is not an amazing player in half-court situations, so maybe this Milwaukee team is better in the playoffs because they have Dame, but right now it's odd fit offensively when... Giannis doesn't have the ball in his hand in the best situation for him. And defensively, we know it's a lot worse.
2: And the other thing I was thinking about is Giannis has never played with anybody that had to be ball dominant. You know what I mean? Like Drew Holiday, there were games where he would go out and score 25 or 30 points, but he didn't have to do that. That wasn't his game. Chris Middleton's a nice player and an all-star, but you know what I mean? Like it's, he's very streaky. It's, he averages 18 to 20 points per game. So usually Giannis, that's why the usage is, you know, crazy by the second, third week of the season. But now he has to play with Dame who also wants to you know, get his 15-20 field goal attempts in every single game. So I think it's going to I think it's going to take some time. And nobody talked about that. Nobody talked about the defensive end. I mean, people talked about that a little bit more than that, but uh the only other time that Giannis had to play with, I guess you would call him an alpha male, it was Jabari Parker and they didn't really get along. Well, no.
1: And you know that also I mean? didn't last very long yeah. either. Yeah. I listen, I I think Dame and Giannis can be a great match. I mean, when when the trade happened, I feel like their games can Work well together, but it is going to take some adjustment, and I think that that's that's part of it. But yeah, defensively, it's very clear. It's not like the Bucks got better. Drew Holiday's not cooked defensively. We thought he was. Jimmy Butler made us think that he was.
2: Turns out Jimmy Butler's Michael Jordan in yes. the playoffs. Yeah. And, Him Drew, and Anthony Edwards
1: and Drew Holiday Jordan. still yes. run our test in his prime uh, on ball yes. as a defender. So like, it's maybe they're both just really good, and and Jimmy Butler just had the advantage when it came to the playoffs there. But yeah, the, the Bucks they're going to have to. The Bucks have had their issues over the last couple of years. Defensively at certain points in the season, but this just feels different. Maybe it's because like 28th? obviously they, they've yeah. 12. I mean they have restructured this roster, so that obviously makes you feel a little bit differently about it. But I still think the Bucks are the second best team in the East behind the Celtics. But I kind of feel like right now. The Celtics are just head and shoulders above everybody else in the Eastern Conference. I don't even care how the yeah. Sixers have played so far this year. Wow. I don't look at the Sixers and say the Sixers are right behind the Celtics, though so they're playing each That's other right I now. That's right, you, so you, you go. get that, doork. Right off the bat, Kelly Oubre gets first in there, basket. so tell him what's there you up. Go. Anybody have a Kelly Oubre first basket? Not me, but basket. I, I need
3: 18 more points for that prop to be closer and closer to coming home.
2: Yeah, I wish. Hey, you know it's been a rough year, or at least a rough start for the Wizards when you brought this up the other night, Nick. They have to bring up like these random graphics. Oh man, to paint a better picture. The uh, one, this one was great. Twenty plus fast break points in
1: five of six games. So they got that going for them, <laughs> right? They're I'm just glad you they're guys notice it too. I'm glad you notice it too Long because rebounds
2: getting out in transition. That's tremendous. It. Because
1: uh, a couple people Maybe that run ice cream that, cones cones a after couple the game. of people that own that um, that organization have now unfollowed me on Twitter. So they're not happy with the stuff that I call them out there for. Clearly, like, but no, I'm, I'm dead serious, Scott. Like it's yeah. Uh, all right, let's just say, a guy whose name starts with Z no longer follows me on Drew Twitter. Zydrunas Yeah, it's Ogalskis no O'Galskis? longer follows me. We'll I haven't go, said like, that name in a while. But it was like, I saw it the other the night. The uh, watching that. like, team-owned networks, I hate it. But at the same time, I understand why ownership for any team would want that. Because, like, hey, you control the message. I don't blame you. But I'm looking at it, and it goes, Daniel Gafford is 3-3 and lifetime against Joel Embiid. Yeah. What? In, in fights. Like, What?
2: But if, first off,
1: head-to-head records, kind of stupid in the NBA. But if it's like Nicole Jokic against Joel Embiid, I could kind of like get on board with that as a secondary stat. If that's the main graphic you have because you want to tell everybody, hey, our guy Daniel Gafford, he's a 500 uh, player against uh, Joel Embiid, who's an MVP. Like, get the hell out of here. So that's the kind of stuff Kyle that you Kuzma see. Kyle
3: in five of six games, has had a different hair color.
1: Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I'm all for it. If Kuzma goes out and gets buckets, I'll I take ma- it.
3: I just made that up. No, I know, but it's the that, kind that, of graphic. I believe it. I That'll
2: honestly be believe it. That'll come soon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there he is, cool. And not hitting a three there. there yeah, neither go. one of these teams, Hornets and Wizards. I can't wait to see what this uh, this looks like tonight. There you
2: go. Kuz. What was the
1: total on this? I actually, I'll be honest with All you. Right, so actually, you know, under money, so it was like two forty, and I think it closed at two thirty eight and a half. Wow. Live it's, totals two thirty seven and a half. Yeah, just got pulled it, off the board, but again, two thirty nine now. Moved from two thirty seven to two thirty nine, which. You know, I mean, this could be a one thirty-five to one thirty game between the two. I think I'd probably still take the over.
2: I figured if I bet the under, or, I'm sorry, if I bet the over, it would be like ninety-seven, ninety-four. Like I stayed ni- away like from that as well. Like yeah, next Celtics. I'm a little game.
3: concerned. I took the uh, the the. I, I don't like, and I've told you guys this before, to take props and and pair them with sides or totals because yeah. I just feel like one of the sides or totals will be the thing that bust the parlay.
2: I
1: feel the same.
3: But um, I did it for this. This game, just because I have that little faith in the Wizards, especially in Charlotte.
1: Damn, I mean either one of them. This should be like one of the winnable games for them. It really
3: is. It really is. If you
1: listen, if you like scoring though, this is the game to watch. I mean, there's your guy Brandon Miller getting out there on the break, Trista. You know.
3: What are we doing? <laughs> Pass to Lamelo. So many he's shots. He's standing right there. It, he's wide
1: open begging for the ball. Tend. We got That's Gordon Hayward tend. going up for layups like this. Is Brandon
3: Miller, give it to him. Le- there we go. That was boy. actually
1: a nice cut that last drive yeah, by uh, nice. um with that form. Shot. I was gonna say that is still so <laughs> it's nasty, so bad, like, and not in a good way. That is no,
3: gross. it's it's not filthy. It's nasty. Like that's
2: the way that my grandmother shot. I'm not kidding you. She, and, and
1: who are she, you talking about? My grandma.
2: Lamelo. Oh, oh Lamelo. Oh, yeah, oh yeah,
1: has yeah, a push yeah. It's, yeah it's she not she good. had the push shot too. Yeah. It's 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 just not. It's not great. None it's of, none,
3: tough as a we. The ball is heavy on our shoulders, and you learn at, so early, <laughs> and you can't even. You're so little, and you start. You can't. I have a push shot too. I've been working on it.
2: Not to not to jump around too much but so kp just got absolutely cooked in the post yes right? he did and then he actually used a hard foul though on Embiid. and goes down got a little rivalry brewing here but this is what i'm saying like kp is not an upgrade as a rim protector in my opinion no. i mean you know you they know must have than me. known
3: rob williams was cooked
2: like his knees yeah 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 just because cooked. and i mean like obviously porzingis is going to give you more scoring and he could still yep. block a couple shots yep. but if you get a matchup like and beat in the playoffs, he's going to get cooked. Yeah. yeah, offensively,
1: Porzingis brings you a Giannis. lot. He brings a lot, but yeah. yeah. Defensively, if he's not getting you a chase down block, that's one thing. But a guy to actually like get in the post against somebody like Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, it's, you're not you're not going to get what you're looking for there. How healthy will the 49ers be against the Jags? We're going to ask Evan Giddings next. It's BetMGM Tonight.
0: It's time for our hosting trifecta to take a break. We'll be right back with more on BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.
6: And I um I was talking to a couple of folks about this, and I think Drake may even with the loss, Drake may look better in that loss than Caleb looked in his his loss. And the big thing for me when I'm watching these games, and and and, and I'm looking for advancement, right? I'm looking for development. Um, and I just I, I don't see him getting better. I see him doing a lot of the same things, and. Now that teams have a bead on it, they're making him make mistakes. And now that he's making mistakes, there's frustration, and you can see it on the sidelines, and that's the whole deal. So when I look at him, I think May has an opportunity to push, but I also think Penix, a guy who I said should be the front runner for the Heisman, Penix has an opportunity to push as well. And so with Caleb Williams, we also have to go to the NFL, right? And so you got to look at what Lincoln Riley's done. And he's had Kyler Murray. I don't, I'm not giving him Jalen Hurts. I am gonna. I'm gonna leave Jalen Hurts at Alabama. I am. I am gonna leave him at Alabama simply because there's no other Oklahoma quarterbacks that are squatting 700 pounds. That's Bama built. So I'm gonna go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Baker Mayfield also as a top pick, and both of those guys, one's been around the league. He's already been around the block in Baker, and then the other one, his own team does not want him to play in Kyler Murray. So I think kind of the shines come off the apple with Lincoln Riley and. You watch him, how frustrated he's been getting over the course of these games and not being able to get stuff done. I just don't, when I watch Caleb Williams play, a lot of it is out of phase. A lot of it is out of the structure of an offense. And to be in the NFL, you've got to play within the offensive structure. Drake may plays within the structure of that offense. Do I love that offense? Not exactly, but he still plays within the structure of an offense. It's not all improv. And so I think that's the difference here. And yeah, there's going to be somebody, you know, whether it's like the Colts with Anthony Richardson, That are going to take a gamble on someone that's willing to play that that makes their best plays without with it outside of the structure of the offense, but I think Drake May is now becoming more of a Drake May and Michael Pynch are becoming more, um, they're bubbling up from everyone I talked to from an NFL standpoint because they play within the structure and they find ways to make plays. They know when guys are supposed to be open. They understand where the plays are made instead of everything else. They they can use the auxiliary, but at the end of the day, what we're seeing is teams want guys that can still play within the structure.
7: I think we need to set Mm -hmm. some parameters for roasting people for their bets because I'm not gonna lie last week's teaser was absolutely terrible I don't think I hit a single leg in it which is fine and at the end of the day it counts for one bet so people are saying oh all of your takes were terrible listen if you lose a parlay or a teaser by one leg or four Mm -hmm. it does not matter it counts the same but there is nothing worse than people who come on after the fact and say all yeah. of these picks were terrible well you have to say that before the game start or else you just look like a monday morning quarterback because obviously anybody can come in after the game and say oh you should have picked this team Oof. so can we set some parameters for roasting people's sure. picks i say if you don't roast somebody before the game starts you shouldn't be allowed to roast somebody at all
4: yes if you roast someone
1: after the fact, you're a loser. You know why? Because anybody can do that. Anyone. Anyone can say, oh, I'll just wait and see how this plays out. And if you win, I won't say anything. But if you lose, I'll troll you. That's just, that's, that's lowbrow thinking. So, yeah, if you're going to call
2: somebody out and say, I disagree with this pick, fine. Disagree before the fact. Don't do it afterwards. A child can do that
7: also if you're going to provide generic fifth grade insults i'm not going to mm-hmm. acknowledge you because it is one thing if you listen to my reasoning you say hey I-
5: you know, with the guys i've coached he's up there with all of them you know, i've had a couple real good ones in that in that way and brock's right there with those guys you see that on his college tape that's what made him uh, look so good on his tape and play at such a high level and it hasn't changed here."
0: Now back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashew, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM.
1: Kyle Shanahan on Brock Purdy, saying nice things, which is what you say about your quarterbacks. Have makes them makes them feel good about themselves, guys.
3: Just like Robert Sala did about Zach Wilson.
1: That was such a weird quote.
2: Well, we've seen worse from Zach.
1: It's basically what it was. It was like this wasn't, wasn't his, his worst. worst game. Yeah, <laughs> like okay, which he's right, by the way.
2: Yeah, it hasn't been that Zach. wasn't his worst game. Zach Wilson has been a bunch far of worse. Downs. Unfortunately, yeah. none of them to Brees Hall, Michael Carter. The sequel stole all of my, all my money. To be honest, with yeah. you. I, I, there are bad beats. I wanted to be the guy that was like. Hey, BetMGM, uh, any chance I could get my money back? <laughs> but I didn't have a good argument cuz Brees Hall played in the game.
1: Oh, I know. just like uh just like Tyler Hero last week for me guys, last Friday. There Worst. Goes no, he was no, no, nope, nope, he was not my hero. <laughs> not my hero guys. 40 to 1. Chuck lost by a, he lost missed. by a hook. Uh we got a 12-10 lead for the Celtics. 15-10 lead now for the Celtics over the Sixers.
2: 11-0 run in the last 1 minute and 59 nine seconds. Boston wow.
1: Celtics are legit guys. 49ers are in Jacksonville. This this weekend they're three-point favorites. Totals forty-five in this. I'm glad to see the 49ers get back out there uh, because, well, you guys know that I I love this team. I believe in Brock Purdy. I feel the way Kyle Shanahan does. But we're going to need to see at least a little bit more after the last couple of weeks. Evan Giddings jumps on with us. Ninety-five-seven the game in San Francisco. Let's just let's start with I guess health for this team. Do we know where they are? Who's going to be in and who's going to be out against the Jaguars this weekend?
4: Well, I got one thing that's good for you, one thing that's bad for you. Happy to be on with you. Debo Samuel, full go today at practice. I think he's a big part of this offense that they've been missing. I'm sure we'll get into Brock Purdy. I think he really misses Debo Samuel. Uh, But Kyle Shanahan today said that Trent Williams has an ankle injury that's worse than expected. So he did not practice. And maybe I I would lean towards uh, questionable, if not doubtful, for Sunday. But we do know that number 19 is going to be back on the field.
3: Where do you uh, assess the importance of Trent Williams in terms of how this offense functions? Because we've talked about that a lot on this show, which is like Debo, obviously very important to the offense, especially for Brock Purdy. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, very important. Brandon Ayuk, very important. But Trent Williams, to me, feels like kind of the the end-all, be-all for uh, the foundation of how this offense runs.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. Even though it is sometimes difficult to quantify you know, just how important offensive linemen are for Trent Williams specifically, I think he along with Debo kind of have a symbiotic relationship. What I mean, what I mean by that is when the 49ers don't have Trent Williams, they find it difficult to run the football. And when you cannot run the football, you need to be good within or behind five yards of the line of scrimmage. That's where Debo Samuel comes in because he is the king of the act. He is the king of the yards after catch for the 49ers. And when you don't have him out there, you need protection from the offensive line. So not having both of them has been pretty damning for the 49ers that you've seen over the last three weeks. So I think for Trent Williams, the ability to run the football more effectively and activate Christian McCaffrey is where his productivity, where his impact comes. Uh, but also, if he's not out there, I do think that having Debo Samuel, a guy that can, whether it's wide receiver screens, quick hitters over the middle, um, I think that activating number nineteen is going to be huge for the 49ers, and so even though Trent Williams might not be out there, I don't think he's going to be as glaring of a missing piece when Debo Samuel's on the field.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. You got to have one of those guys out there, and would you expect probably Brock Purdy to get rid of the ball pretty quickly in this game? And it's crazy to see San Francisco. If you look at like the PFF rankings, they're 24th offensive line, 19th, and pass blocking efficiency this season and only Trent Williams is really grading out well Aaron Banks has struggled a little bit Spencer Buford you know and I know that those rankings don't mean everything but so what do you like in this matchup because obviously you um you have to throw the ball on Jacksonville they shut down the run they're able to get after the quarterback do you think San Francisco bounces back and gets the win they're three point favorites in the game but it's going to be a tough matchup Jacksonville playing really good football since a couple losses early on this year
4: Yeah, no doubt, and I think that the three-point spread is very telling of just kind of where this game is at. You think, okay, well, the team that is on a three-game losing streak is going on the road, playing a 10 a.m. game, but they're favored against a team that's won five in a row. is arguably the hottest in the NFL. What the hell is going on with this line? And I think it's because the betters expect... As I do, regression to the mean for both sides. I mean, I know everyone has been up in arms about, oh, this this three game losing streak, how can we consider the 49ers a contender? Well, I would point to the fact that three of the last four Super Bowl winners have either had a three game losing streak or have lost three of four throughout their season. I mean, the 2019 Chiefs were at 1.5 and 3 as well going into their bye week. So this is a point where I expect the 49ers to correct some things. We just heard that Steve Wilkes is going to be from the booth. Now he's going to be on the sideline as the defense coordinator. Uh, I don't know what kind of impact that has, but it just goes to show that Kyle Shanahan along with this Forty ers team, are not satisfied with the way that they've been playing. I also think as far as Brock Purdy is concerned, he's a player that has been humbled over the last three weeks, and because of how damn near perfect he's played through his first 10 or 11 regular season games, we haven't expected that from him. But that, to me, for a 23-year-old is completely understandable. And so I think he's going to be a lot better in this football game. I think he was a bit emboldened the last, I would say, five or six games with how much he was getting away with In terms of passing the football, that caught up with him in terms of turnovers over the last three games. I think coming out of the bye week, everything will reset for the 49ers. Meanwhile, I think Jacksonville comes a little bit back down to earth. Not that they're not a damn good football team and not a team that could make a run in the AFC, but I think with the way that the 49ers are trending, I think coming out of the bye week, they regress to the mean in a positive fashion. Meanwhile, Jacksonville does it in the opposite way.
1: Yeah, Evan, as much as uh, Brock Purdy is obviously important to this offense and to this team as any starting quarterback is in the NFL – Let's be honest, it it runs through Christian McCaffrey and what he's able to do for the 49ers. Uh, Do you see him keeping up with this amount, like just the amount of carries, the usage that we've gotten throughout the year? Or could there be a situation where Kyle Shanahan decides, let's kind of scale this back a little bit so he stays healthy and we're ready for the playoffs?
4: As much as I have been a huge proponent of trying to kind of load manage Christian McCaffrey throughout the regular season, I do not think that Kyle Shanahan is going to do that. He's the guy that in in both good as well as bad ways will run the ball into the ground as well as some of his players and we've seen that in the past with the amount of injuries that have Befallen the 49ers at the running back position. And before McCaffrey got there, I think they had five different leading rushers over the last five seasons under Kyle Shanahan. So they have a revolving door that has now been shut by McCaffrey. But I I think they need him in this football game. I think Brock Purdy needs Christian McCaffrey in this football game. And as much as we like to make note of how Brock Purdy had never lost a regular season game entering the Cleveland matchup three weeks ago, well, the 49ers also hadn't lost a regular season game with Christian McCaffrey as the starting running back. So I, I think that he is a massive piece of this offense. And for Kyle Shanahan, he's just going to lean on him until he can't anymore. And so that's where my biggest concern is with the oblique injury, with the rib injury. How long can Christian McCaffrey keep this up? That's, I think, how far the 49ers can go, not just in the regular season, but also in the postseason as well.
3: In terms of players, we know that the Jags allow a lot of yards in the middle of the field. That's where they're most gettable. Given the fact that Debo is just kind of coming back, do you think targeting George Kittle props makes more sense than Debo
4: that is interesting yeah because George Kittle has had some huge games in recent weeks even though the you know the, the losses have been piling up for the 49ers he's been a guy that has absolutely emerged and you know 150 yards against the Cincinnati defense that have been playing pretty well um that is interesting i I, I do think that Debo to me is a play as far as receptions in this game uh, but Kittle the yardage when the 49ers have been good this year, Kittle has not really been involved too much in the passing game outside of Dallas. So I would personally lean an under in the Kittle category. I think Debo's the guy that they try and get back and activate him early in this football game. Um, but, I, but I might think about with the way that Kittle's been open in the red zone, uh, potential anytime score. But as far as total yards, I would lean under uh, for George Kittle.
2: Even with the uh, three straight losses for San Francisco, I, for me it's them and it's Philadelphia in the NFC. Maybe Dallas if they ever figure out how to win big games, but I don't. <laughs> That'll trust, never happen. Yeah, I don't trust. Never Blackman gonna happen. He to <laughs> do that though. Uh, he hasn't proven that he could do that really since the one Super Bowl run that you know Aaron Rodgers carried him to. But so when you look at the defense, it's almost a perfect defense with the pass rush, and now you get Chase Young. I know he doesn't rack up the sack numbers, but he's finally healthy. You have Fred Warner in the middle. Obviously, you worry a little bit about the secondary. Do you think if you know the san francisco forty ers don't get to the Super Bowl, don't end up winning the Super Bowl this year, that is the issue. Is that your biggest concern for the defense, just the corners and the safety play right now?
4: Yeah, and I think it all comes back to the defensive line because they didn't choose to add depth secondary position in the draft and the in the pardon me at the trade deadline. So yeah. everything is about this defensive line. And the one thing they haven't done in the last three weeks compared to the first five is number one, stop the run. Number two, get to the quarterback. Javon Hargrove has been a relative ghost the last three weeks. Nick Bosa, even though the pressure numbers are high, hasn't really put his hands on a quarterback all that much. And so adding Chase Young, I think, is is the perfect injection for this defensive line that if you want to argue shouldn't need that kind of injection, I'll absolutely hear it. But for whatever reason, if you want to blame the coordinator, if you want to blame Nick Bosa missing training camp, getting a big payday, whatever you want to blame, they have not gotten the job done. And so I think that the direction for this defense is internal. And if they look inward and find a way to extract the kind of talent that they have, which last year was number one, number two ranked all across the board, I think this defense is going to be absolutely fine. So Chase Young is a great addition for this team. I think he's going to help them mostly in the run, and especially against the Jacksonville team that we talk about McCaffrey and how you know great he is and how much they use him for San Francisco. Well, Travis Etienne has got just about as many touches this season on the Jacksonville side. So if they can try and limit him, if they can stop Travis Etienne, I think they'll find. And the subs and more advantageous pass rushing positions, places that they have not been during this three game losing
1: streak. Talking to Evan Giddings, BetMGM MGM tonight, uh, looking at the rest of the division here and just thinking of like what I've seen from Seattle the last couple of weeks and you know mm-hmm. the Rams now, I guess it's maybe Carson Wentz starting if Matt Stafford's not ready, which as somebody that's a Commanders fan, I can tell you though, you don't want that, although everybody else that's seen Carson Wentz probably knows the same thing. We know what the Cardinals are doing. Does this feel like now that as long as San Francisco is healthy, that that NFC West is clearly theirs to win? I just feel like Seattle is clearly going in the wrong direction, and that was the only team that felt like the real competition for them there.
4: Yeah, I'm 100% with you, and I know that point differential is not indicative of everything uh, but Seattle has a negative point differential mm-hmm. right now. They're, they're at minus four, and they're still in first place or tied for first in the division. Um, I, I don't look at Seattle as fraudulent, say the way a lot of people looked at last year's Minnesota Vikings. I think they're they're good but I just don't see how they stack up across the board with a team like San Francisco and I think in a couple weeks we'll remember why the goal for San Francisco at the beginning of this season was not in division was not even in the conference but was the Super Bowl and I know the last three weeks have kind of thrown us off that beaten path and now they're in a dogfight with the Seahawks but with two games in three weeks upcoming against Seattle uh, beginning on Thanksgiving I think – I don't know you can't overlook this game this weekend. It's going to be tough. But I think by the time the calendar turns to December, we're we're going to start to look at the NFC West as being San Francisco's. And then the question is, have they made up enough ground to get into the conversation for the one seed along with Philadelphia, who's looked unbeatable as of late?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other thing – so are you – If something were to happen with Brock Purdy, are you a believer in Sam Darnold? I know this is a weird question, but I just kind of wanted to see Sam Darnold get a shot. Not that I wanted to see Brock Purdy not, but, I mean, you got to see him a little bit in the preseason. You know, do you think he could run this offense Um, just because you're around the team a little bit more than I am?
4: sure sure i look i think that's a question a lot of people have and and it's a fair one honestly because
2: kyle shanahan
4: has extracted just about the best out of every single quarterback you know whether they've been great whether they've been terrible he's gotten the best out of them and i think the same could be said for sam darnold i personally do not want to see that because I'm i'm a believer that if sam darnold is the qb1 for this team the season has gone horribly wrong uh but as far as brock purdy is concerned What I'm most interested to see this week and in the coming weeks is Kyle Shanahan has had a bit of a trend of once he's gotten the best out of his quarterbacks, that's been it. We have seen the peak of Jimmy Garoppolo, and once he started to go downhill, he rolled like a boulder. Uh, You know, you can make an argument that Trey Lance was a better quarterback when he was drafted than when he was traded to the Dallas Cowboys, so on and so forth, going back to the Mullins and and the Bethards. So for me, is this the best we've seen from bach brock, brock purdy if so that's a problem but if we see him bounce back in a way that i believe he can i believe he can play better than he has the last three weeks i'm not saying he's a super bowl caliber quarterback at this point in his young career but if he bucks the trend of kyle shanahan quarterbacks i do think san francisco is a contender not only for the nfc but of course the super bowl um but i, I don't think that necessarily involves sam Darnold. so As much as I'd love to see that kind of uh, experiment play out, uh, I think it means bad news bears for San Francisco. All
1: right, Evan Giddings, ninety-five-seven. The game in San Francisco. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks, man. Of course. I would hate to think that like that's the best of Brock Purdy. I'm just saying, guys. The Mm. story. If the story dips,
2: if something does happen, though, I like. You know what I mean? There's not many options in the NFC. Because like they put said, all you, their you, chips in. You on can't that. really trust the Cowboys still, even with that defense. Truth. and I like Dak. I just don't like McCarthy. I, I I like McCarthy the person. He's like your gym teacher. He's okay. You know what I mean? He's like he, he's like a total. Wait, wait, like,
1: wait! After all of the the the. Like standing on a table for like him at the Payton beginning either, of the year is my whole point. I okay, only, that's well that's fair. I but you've defend, spent a lot of time defending Mike McCarthy.
2: Only when I want to use it against Sean. Well, Payton. that's fair. <laughs> only when it fits my narrative. <laughs> well, now yes, when it's it time. Sense. Now you know, four <laughs> days removed from him costing me a couple units. Well, a couple trips to me to Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take ya.
3: By the way, Drew Holiday strapping Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey only two points tonight.
2: I was I was caught there. I was I was like a deer in headlights. Rutgers is now only a one and a half point dog against Iowa. I have Rutgers plus three.
1: Oh boy. Iowa's gonna That's lose good. to
2: Rutgers at the crib at in the Iowa crib. City.
1: Heard it here first. It here first. Can we trust Utah street. on the road this weekend oh, against God, Washington? No. It's BetMGM tonight.
0: Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. I
7: have a problem with your line of thinking. This is wrong, and I think you need to consider this, other than just somebody simply commenting, wrong. Like, that's the worst. Like, you can't even argue with these people because I will follow up and say, okay, what exactly about my handicap do you disagree with specifically? And they never have an answer. And then they just follow up, see, you were wrong. I'm like, okay, well, if you can't tell me why I was wrong, then like, you don't have any grounds for insults. And also another thing, if you don't have your picture as your profile picture, and if you don't use your name, as your profile name you can insult anybody for anything it's very easy to hate from the sidelines if you don't put your name to it mm-hmm. sit down
0: if you missed any of the show listen back anytime on the new and improved odyssey app <laughs>
5: one thing that I would have is just like how this experience is going to start coming more and more to the forefront of our lives, like your life and my life and like Tyler's life and Jake's life and Alex's life and downtown Mike Brown's life and your life, the person listening and watching this right now, where I have a three-team parlay last night in the National, among other bets, right? And my parlay is going to be closed out by the Colorado Avalanche. We're playing on the road at the Seattle Kraken. Now, I get into bed and, like, attempt to fall asleep last night. At the end of the first period, the Kraken are up one nothing on a goal by my guy, Yamamoto, scores. And the Kraken take a one nothing lead uh, against the Avalanche at the end of the first. And I fall asleep. And I wake up maybe around like 140 and I know because the first thing I did when I when I woke up was look at my phone, see what time it is, and immediately go to NHL Goals and to check my score app to see what the final score of the game was. And I saw that the Avalanche had come back to win the game 4-1, which meant I had won my parlay, put my phone down, and tried to go back to sleep. So we're officially in, like, that part of the calendar here. If you're on the East Coast especially, where, hey, like, you're betting West Coast games, you might not be able to stay up, and then you wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason. You just wake up, maybe there's a noise, you got to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. You got to wait till the morning to find out if you won your bet? Of course not. You're picking up the phone and you're checking. So I had yet another one of those last night, and the NBA starts next week. So, I mean, we are big time here now, Ken, in this season. In, like, middle of the night, check my phone to see if I won my bet season. And I absolutely love it. (laughs)
7: Jenks, if you could have one brand.
6: Well, they got excellent personnel. Uh, the thing that stands out, obviously, is the quarterback and the throw game. I mean, they're leading the nation throwing the football. You got an outstanding running back as well, although they don't, you know, their focus is throwing the ball. and they, they do it uh, better than anybody in the country. Defensively, they're, they're solid. I don't think we've seen an offense quite like this offense. Um, it's really unique. Obviously, you know, the, the closest would be, you know, Washington in some ways with the explosive passes. You know, a quarterback can make every single throw. They've got uh, great weapons. Um, they're strong in the offensive front with their line. Uh, they've got a really good running game.
0: Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. <laughs>
1: Washington's a nine and a half point favorite at home with Utah coming to town this weekend. You heard Dan Landing there at the end. Ryan's, uh, Man crush. He is. Oregon is a 15.5 point favorite over now. Unranked USC as their season continues to just swirl down the drain like, yeah. well, something Scotland leaves in the toilet after oh, taco man. night. What? Oh, I'm just saying. Hey, Circle in hey. the toilet. The that's does aw. not
2: like poop jokes. Hey, well, Trust you know what? i found <laughs> that out the <laughs> hard way.
1: USC's defense is a poop joke. Let's be honest here. The total is 73.5 wow. in that game, and I just it just feels like an over still. Just like last week at 76, he went, oh, yeah, that's going to be an over.
2: And it was. Well hold on though. This isn't oh. this isn't your grandfather, your father, or your brother, oh. or even your Do you feel different? Even your one week year old son's USC defense, so- Alex Grinch,
1: is gone. So does that mean we could go into a little Horvat U and feel differently about this paint whole situation? It's my favorite thing Time to do. Time
4: <laughs> to paint the face oh. and listen up, class is in session at Horvat U.
1: What if you also were to paint your face while you did the uh, the Viking costume next week at National Harbor?
3: I'd like to see some
1: purple. Yeah, I think that would be good. You know what? That Skol. has to be included with it, and you have to chant. You do it. I'm willing to bet
3: my beating heart. No,
1: that we it. will not see Ryan in that. Oh, he's, like, he's not going to do anything with it. He's, guys, you've you've it. let us down twice already. We've given you leeway. We've given you extensions on this bet, and you've just mumbled your way through com- nothing but excuses. And it's disappointing. I thought you were better than this. All right. All right. All right. Steve okay. Sparky Pfeiffer says you're good for this, and was, apparently you're not.
2: I was going to be a good guy here, a nice guy for you guys, <laughs> because I'm not going to be here on Friday. And I know damn well you guys aren't going to be listening to the BetQL tailgate to kick off, although... You at home, you should, 9 to 10. Nick, you'll probably be sleeping yet. in a little bit. Oh, I thought you had some other Oh, no, I going do on. have that. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about Trista that. Trista yep. will be going on a rival network competing against my college football show on another college <laughs> football show, but I digress. And we move on to this game right here. I think here.
3: Mitch is the one who put us up to do it, so yeah. I'm going to put it on him.
2: Well, Wow, hey. that Kiff hey.
3: court, by the way, looks sick. Hey. I digress. Other Go than ahead.
2: Trista. You wanna you wanna hear some winners? You tune into you know who to tune into <laughs> on Saturday. It's true. It's much right. better at college right. football
3: than me. Right. That's no facts. no oh no. I no didn't you mean, are.
2: No I didn't mean you. I That's meant the you show are. you're going on. Yeah yeah yeah. Other They're gonna get them. your content your picks anyway on yes. this show. Yep. Right one team one dream. One we team, start quite right. right. early <laughs> with the daily tip. You know who else gets their morning started early? Who? Dan Lanning. Yeah does. Yeah he, Do he does. And here's the thing. At this current number, I understand people making the case for USC in this game. And maybe you're thinking dead cat bounce. We got a new coordinator on the defensive side of the ball. Alex Grinch is gone. I don't know that Alex Grinch is the issue. I mean, he wasn't good. Don't get me wrong. But um, the talent's still the talent. You know what I mean? It's still the same guys, the same 11 guys that have been playing all season long. And they're going against, in my opinion, the best offense in the country. USC... Um, They're going to be able to score some points themselves, but Bo Nix is a legit Heisman candidate. Uh, Tez Johnson and Troy Franklin are both awesome wide receivers. Bucky Irving's averaging eight yards per carry, and I think that they have the best offensive line in the country. I really do. I think that if they were in the Big Ten, if they were in the SEC, we would talk about Oregon's offensive line as the best in the country. They're also the most balanced team in the country, top ten in pass, top 10 in rushing offense, so I don't think the defensive coordinator is really going to matter. I understand why people are taking the number with USC, especially if Caleb's going to play in this game. I do think they're going to be able to put up some points, but are they going to be able to put up enough points and get consistent stops? You're going to need at least two to three stops to hang within this number, you know, being over two touchdowns right now. If you're going to win the game, you're going to need some takeaways. And Bo Nix, since he's left Auburn, doesn't throw interceptions they don't fumble the ball that's the best part about oregon's offense is they don't turn the ball over at all no we don't they're really efficient and on the defensive side of the ball they're really able to get after the quarterback better than able to uh better than any team in the pac-12 so i couldn't bet usc i don't have anything in this game but i would still lean ducks man and they're thinking national championship not just pac-12 championship so uh, they've
3: got to take him to Smacktown.
2: I would I would I would bet the Ducks and I'd bet the over.
3: Minus -15 and a half, -16. Yeah, I just don't
2: love that number, man, me because if Caleb's going to go out there. He's going to ball out. You know what I mean? Like caleb a lot of points, but also you go back to a couple of the games where Caleb hasn't looked good. Notre Dame, for example. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame was able to make Caleb Williams look awful. Um in the same thing really in that Washington game, I guess, although they put up big numbers in that game on the offensive side of the ball, too. But if you're able to get natural pressure, if you don't have to blitz him, that's when he really struggles. He's really struggled against teams that get that natural pressure, and I think Oregon's going to be able to do that. They're not going to have to blitz him a whole ton, so they're going to be able to drop extra guys back in coverage to go against, you know, Taj Washington, those skill position players. And USC, as good as the offense has been, they just don't have that Jordan Addison. The reason I can't bet the Ducks at 15 and a half is the one thing that USC has been able to do is run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I was all over the Marshawn Lloyd props. He didn't end up playing in that game last week. They went with their backup, and he still averaged over seven yards per carry. So I think they might be able to limit some possessions. Um, hate to be cliche guy here. Keep the Oregon offense on the sideline, and then hit them with the small stuff. You know, Use a little bit more play action maybe in this game. Hang within the number. Also, it scares me a little bit um, because last night, I added a little bit to the portfolio, and we played a little ducks ten to one. I tried to talk I told you, you into not to it, do it. <laughs> and so I could see like this being the game that they lose. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. Like because I think if they play Washington again on a neutral field, they beat them uh, in the Pac-12 championship game. But we need them to get there, and two losses might knock them out of the conversation. Oh so,
3: well, definitely knocks them out.
2: So that's why I'm staying away, and uh, I want nothing to do in that one. I did bet really quick going back to Washington, though. I do like them. Against Utah. Yeah. You know, if this game's in Utah, I'm probably going to bet Utah they're a much better team at home. And Utah's going to need to run the ball to stay in this game. And right now, their running back room is beat up. A couple weeks ago, they had to play a safety at running back. And Washington's offense, you know. The last couple weeks they haven't been great but last week then against usc it really looks like they uh they bounced back you know penix was a little bit better still looks a little dinged out there he's not really leaving the pocket he wants to stay in the pocket in this game and i think he's going to be able to do that against utah i'm not saying they're overrated but they're a little overrated defensively compared to where they've been the last couple years so i think that the huskies are going to be able to put up some points in this game it's at nine and a half right now anything under 10 i do like washington
1: well, it's kind of gotten to that point where, right, where Utah's at home, it's one thing. Utah on the road is a completely different conversation, especially this season.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like, if it's Cam Rising and he's got, you know, Keithy out there, I feel a little bit better about the offensive side of the ball. But Barnes isn't very accurate, and it's crazy to see, because usually Utah has the best offensive and defensive line in the Pac-12. Now, that's why I keep saying about Oregon, that's kind of them, man. Like, Utah's offensive line, 121st and pass blocking. And Barnes is holding on to the ball way too long. So some of that's on him, over three seconds. He's been pressured on 47% of his dropbacks. And when he's under pressure, he has a 6% turnover-worthy play rate. So that's the other thing. I could see Washington, even though the defense isn't great, they could take away the football, and then they're going to get some short fields. And also, last week, out of nowhere, they found a run game. Mm-hmm. And if they're able to run the ball against Utah, and they're not just one-dimensional, dropping Penix back 35, 40 times, well, I think they going to have some of... success.
3: And Washington was able to slow... Oregon down a little bit like that that's there's a reason they had a couple of key stops and that's against a very potent team you now Utah is just not the kind of offense that we've known them to be right like Cam Rising's just not walking through that door their defense actually isn't that good right now no uh, they got sliced and diced by Oregon yeah and yeah. their quarterback the farmer kid throws picks so, pick farmer
1: yeah. specifically pick yeah. he's more, farmer. we'll call
3: him the pick farmer yeah Because that's all he does is farm picks.
1: I see what you did there. Ah, I
2: get it. So you have a backup quarterback going against a real pass rush Mm -hmm. with an offensive line that's good, but outside the top 120 in pass block win rate right now, uh, you know, in pass protection. And then the other thing is, if you want to bet this game, I'd probably wait because right now, if you look at the forecast, heavy rains in the morning, 30-mile-per-hour winds. So... You know, that kind of scares me a little bit if I want to back Utah in this game with the backup quarterback. Also, if you want Washington to cover a big number, but that's, that's that goes back to what Dylan Johnson did last week. 100 of his yards came where he wasn't even contacted. So if he's able to average six, seven yards on the ground, Pennix is able to take the underneath stuff. I still think they could win this game by 10 points because I don't know, even against Washington's defense, what Utah is going to be able to do uh, with Barnes at quarterback in a beat-up running back room. So Washington I would lay the points with. Uh, The other big favorite, Oregon, I'd probably stay away with, uh, stay away from if we're talking with the uh, Pac-12 What would you do
3: with the totals here?
2: Um, So Washington, I bet the under because of the wind and the rain. If the weather holds off, I might because come back and place them. Utah's offense
3: being so yeah, abysmal.
2: It, that, I might come back and place them over if it's, like, a perfect
1: day out.
3: That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So. And that's – wait, the, What's the where's the total? Hold on. Where's the total now? Uh, 51 and a half. What'd you get it at? It's coming down a little bit. 54 yeah. and a half. I was going to wow. say, it was definitely closer to the mid-50s. Yeah. It, and, again, like, that'll come back up if there's
2: no weather in this game. At or...
1: what point do you start betting the over again in this? When mm. you get to, like, the upper 40s? Maybe live – Yeah, don't even touch it till then.
2: Yeah, because for Washington, I mean, it's all about staying healthy and getting to the Pac-12 championship game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want Michael Penix to rack up the stats, and he's thrown a couple really bad interceptions the last couple weeks. But, again, if Dylan Johnson's going off in this game, you kind of just want to do that. You want to eat the clock. You have the new clock rule. So I'd probably uh, probably stay away from that. Since I'm not going to be here, I'll just throw them all out there. All right, we're taking Penn State plus four and a half. I went back and forth with this and I don't know that Michigan's gonna be able to run the ball against Penn State. I love Blake Corum. Donovan Edwards hasn't looked healthy this season. Kind of the same thing for Penn State. Like, neither running back room, even though they have the the best four backs in all of Big Ten football, neither of them are doing anything explosive. And they're both really good defenses. And Drew Aller, I looked at this today as home road splits, much different. So you have a young quarterback. This game comes down to Penn State being at home in Happy Valley. We're getting over a field goal. I think they keep it close. I like Michigan on the money line, even though it's minus 210. But I think Penn State keeps this within a field goal. I would play it a little bit bigger if any other head coach was coaching this team other than James Franklin. That's my concern here. (laughs) Not doing anything with the total. I would lean under 45 and a half. Chop Robinson might be coming back in this game, too. J.J. McCarthy, like every other quarterback in the country, the splits aren't great when he's under pressure compared to when he throws from a clean pocket. Michigan, the last two weeks, really has become a passing offense. And I don't know if that has to do with Corum and Edwards not being as explosive, or maybe they're thinking, hey, we got our two biggest games coming up against Penn State and Ohio State. When Michigan had to play a real team last year, it wasn't until the college football playoff and it was against TCU. And then remember, J.J. McCarthy had to make big throws and he struggled to start off in that game. So maybe that's why they've been opening things up a little bit. But 65% pass rate the last couple weeks. It's going to come down to J.J. McCarthy having to make some throws in this game. I could see him turning the ball over in in this game a little bit. So uh, Penn State plus four and a half. We'll throw out some more later on in the show, but that's when I ended up betting
1: today. Meanwhile, 7 nothing, Miami of Ohio over Akron. Yeah, the Under looking wondering. looking a little bit better. Looks not too bad. Knicks up 13 4 on the Spurs. We got 47 uh, 37. Wizards. Look at that. The Wizards up on Charlotte. Told you. Two teams that can't Hate play it. defense. Dude Dude factor. I knew this was always happen. works. Keith Smith coming up next. It's BetMGM on the night.